Get ready to hear some noise tonight. You're just seconds away from Let's Go Blues Radio. get Kurt and Bill, so this week it's the opposite. No Kurt and Bill, but you get plenty of Jeff. So, I don't know how you feel about that, but, uh, you know, it's uh, it's going to be a good show, I promise you. Uh, so don't don't turn off your radio dial just yet. Turn off your radio dial. That was not the best way to word things. Plus, I mean, is it really, do people still use dials on radios? I don't even know. I haven't listened to the radio in years. So uh, the reason that we're doing a show, uh, recorded show like this, and, and having a little interview uh, like the ones I do, the weeks we don't do the live shows, is that there was just not a lot of news to discuss this week. Uh, our last show was right before the All-Star break. Again, that was the one with Kurt and Bill. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's not a lot to talk about. We thought, you know, there's no real point in having a live show to discuss what's going on because there's, quite frankly, not a lot to talk about. I mean, the, the baby-changing stations and... Enterprise have been added. That's that's big news. That's all I can really say about that. So this is season seven, episode thirty-three, franchise episode number one sixty-six. As we uh, start with at the top of every show, please check out letsgoblues.com shop uh, tab up there at the uh, top of the page, and consider buying a reasonably priced shirt, mug, or sticker. All proceeds go back into the show. Congratulations to our contest winner from last week, Kurt Chaplin. He received the uh, the, the the Funko Pop, Vladimir Tarasenko, and then he also received the awesome Retire 44 shirt, which I own as well. Um, and I recommend again, people uh, go buy those. Not just because it helps the show, but because. I want to see a couple of those hanging around Enterprise Center. Uh, I wore mine to a game. I got some compliments on it. Uh, I think uh, it's it's a really cool shirt. It's a cool concept. Um, I'm not just saying that because I came up with it, but uh, I think uh, a lot of people listening to this show agree with us that uh, uh, number 44 should be a retired number. I mean, Daryl Sador put in some hard work for this franchise. 
course, you know who I'm really talking about. Uh, so on this show, we have uh, AJ and Eric from Teal Town USA, which is a Sharks podcast and blog site. And you're probably looking at the Blues schedule and saying, we aren't playing the Sharks anytime soon. Uh, they uh, they came on because the All-Star Game just wrapped up in San Jose. And unless you're living in Iraq, you know that the All-Star Game next year will be in St. Louis. So uh, we talk about the All-Star Game weekend and they have some tips for Blues fans ahead of next year's event. Uh, definitely want to tune in and, and, and stay tuned for this because there was a couple uh, issues that they had, uh, especially on the merchandise side, uh, that uh, you definitely want to try and, and alleviate and, and, and avoid if you can as a Blues fan for next season. So they've got some tips for you on how to, uh, to avoid the disaster that a lot of Sharks fans had uh, this All-Star game. So please subscribe to our show on Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, and Plex. You can also listen over at letsgobluesradio.com. And if you're an iTunes listener, please give us a five-star rating uh, on iTunes and leave a review. Tell us what you like about us. And uh, again, that helps grow the show. So we appreciate it if you can uh, do that for us. So to open the show, I'm going to have a little bit of a rant and, uh, and I think it's warranted. I think some people are probably going to disagree with me, and that's fine. Uh, but I just absolutely have to say something. And I figure I've got a podcast, so I'm just going to, to voice my opinion here. Pierre Maguire. Now, people, I say that, and people already start cringing. If you haven't seen it, Wednesday night, uh, Kendall Coyne, who was the awesome skater, the female skater, in the, uh, the Fastest Skater Challenge on last Friday at the All-Star Skills Competition. Uh, she joined as a special analyst for the Penguins and Lightning game Wednesday night hockey on uh, NBC Sports. And it was... Uh, it, it, it's, it's cringeworthy. I already used the word cringe. I was trying to think of another word, but that's really the only word that describes it. Uh, Pierre Maguire just... He is not. I'm sorry. I'm not a person who likes to sit and rag on people and their jobs, and and and, and he definitely does a better job than I would. So I'm not going to say that that you know anyone can do his job, but man, he ugh, he just does not know how to handle certain people. Uh, you know, you've seen all the clips, I'm sure, of him standing next to Jonathan Taves in a not crowded hallway, but not giving him any personal space. The things he says to players, what the 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 uh, what he says during play that just makes you say, "Oh my God, really, Pierre?" Uh, you know, we don't need to get into that. Uh, I think everybody who listens to this show probably knows exactly what I'm talking about. So, Kendall Coyne, uh, she joins the broadcast Wednesday night. If you haven't heard it, uh, let's just let's just play the clip. Uh, I'll let you decide for yourself. Here's a clip of uh, Pierre and Kendall talking uh, right before the game started. So Tampa's going to be on your left, Pittsburgh's going to be on your right. What are you expecting out of this game? We're paying you to be an analyst, not to be a fan tonight. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to see Tampa start. They've been off for 10 days, haven't had a game. Pittsburgh, on the other hand, had a tough loss on Monday, got a little bit blown out of the water by New Jersey Devils, so I'm excited to see the start tonight. Let's have a blast. Johnny, back to you. Thank so that was pretty bad. Uh, I, I don't know. Again, maybe people disagree. 
calling, basically calling her a fan and just, you know, we're paying you to do this. I mean, really? Would you say that to Brian Boucher in his first time broadcasting a game? Would you say it to anyone, Ray Ferraro, if he was joining the, the, the broadcast for the first time? You know, I mean, just, ugh, that was just, just, ugh, you just learn how to talk. To, to a prof- she's a professional hockey player. She's not a fan. <sighs> anyway, okay, uh, that's not even the worst. I'm gonna put. Pl- I'm gonna play the worst for you right now. Uh, there was a discussion about in-game intensity and Eddie Olchek up in the booth. Uh, shot it down to Kendall and Pierre, and <sighs> well, I'll just take a listen. Sees the retaliation. So a lot going on in this game. And- not even uh, halfway through the first period. Pretty intense down there, Kendall, huh? It's real intense. I need a mouth guard. <laughs> this is like Canada-U.S. in the gold medal game. Yeah, Come except, on. except I have a cage on right I'll be your cage tonight. How's that? <laughs> Pittsburgh goes to work in the power play. So that clip started with, with Kendall having, you know, a somewhat witty comment. It's her first time commenting on a game. You know, the mouth guard comment. Okay, you know, haha, kind of funny. All right, you know, uh, she's trying. But then Pierre compares USA and Canada, the women's game, uh, gold medal game, to a regular season game between two non-divisional rivals. And I'll be your cage? What the fuck? Get out of here. Get out of here, Pierre Maguire. Uh, She has more hockey knowledge in her thumb than you have in your head. Uh, You don't believe me? Look up the comments about Pierre Maguire as the head coach of the Hartford Whalers, if you've never looked that up. Granted, that was years ago, but yeah, uh, that's all I need to say about Pierre Maguire and his hockey knowledge versus Kendall Coins. Oh, and, and what's this, everyone? Oh my god, oh, oh my. Ray Ferraro has entered the studio. Ray, you don't look very happy. You know, what would you say to Pierre Maguire if he were standing here right now? That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. You should be embarrassed for what you just did. That does not belong in the National Hockey League. Ray, why don't you tell us how you really feel? That's the most embarrassing thing I've seen on the National Hockey League ice. And I don't know, I've been around the game 25 years at the pro level. That is unbelievable. Wow. Ray, do you have anything to add? Oh, uh... He just stormed out in a tizzy. Uh, I can't blame him. I think Ray summed it up pretty well, uh, how I feel about Mr. McGuire's comments. So let's move on. Since our last recording, again, we had the All-Star Game weekend. I do not want to uh, dive too much into this because we do kind of talk about it a little bit here with Eric and AJ from uh, Teal Town, USA. Uh, I just want to mention O'Reilly had that. I loved his move in the skills competition on John Gibson. Uh, the the fake shot, the leg kick, and then between the legs for John Gibson. I mean, Gibson had a rough weekend, but he is an all-star goalie. So that was a, a, a nice little move there. And then stealing the pass from Brent Burns uh, in the first game to make it a 9-1 game. Obviously, Central went on to just barnstorm uh, that game. Uh, and, and he ends up having seven points in two games. A great showing for Ryan O'Reilly. And I don't mean to rag on anyone except, you know, I mean, Petrangelo had an unbelievable uh, passing challenge last year. But, you know, Tarasenko's never really lit it up in these things. And, uh, you know, Shen was okay last year. 
So this was just a great performance by Ryan O'Reilly. Just love to see that from a Blues player. Um, and uh, just a, a fun weekend overall for Blues fans to be able to watch the easily the Blues' best player all season, uh, be able to go in and just uh, uh, kind of light up the scoreboard left and right there in All-Star Weekend. So our guests this week, as I mentioned, Eric and AJ from Teal Town, USA. Uh, they did attend most things, I mean, pretty much everything, for All-Star Weekend, including uh, the fanfare, the skills competition, the game itself. And again, we talk a lot about the merchandise sales, the issues they faced, uh, what we can expect in St. Louis next year. Uh, plus, at the end, we, we definitely get into some Sharks talk and how they've kind of turned around their season, uh, even really since the last time that uh, uh, we talked to them. They've, they've really kind of improved their season. So, um, yeah, great time talking to Eric and AJ as always, and I hope you enjoy it. Here they are, my interview with the two gentlemen from Teal Town, USA. This is Jeff from Let's Go Blues Radio, and today I'm joined by two very special guests, and this might be a first time for our show. We've had Teal Town, USA already on this year. We're having them on again, and the Blues aren't even playing the Sharks. That's how impressive these guys are. How about that? Uh, so right now I'm joined by AJ and Eric of uh, Teal Town, USA. Guys, welcome to this record-breaking episode of Let's Go Blues Radio. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's uh, and obviously I want to have you guys on to uh, to talk about the All Star Game. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, but before I, we get to that, I do want to ask uh, if and nobody's. And let's say and this is a very blanket statement because I know Teal Town USA. There's a lot going on, but anyone who's never heard of Teal Town USA, anybody who's never been to the website, who's never heard your podcast, if somebody said, "What is Teal Town USA all about?" Give me a two minute answer or a thirty minute answer. Uh, what would you say to that person? Uh, I, it was all started. <laughs> here we go. Two minutes. Hot. <laughs> uh, no, it was all, it all began. Uh, essentially, we got fed up with the lack of coverage. You can call San Jose small market if you want, but we got fed up with the lack of coverage that we got from our local, you know, RSNs on TV, our local sports talk radio here that, because of the amount of teams and, and it's not like you guys are <laughs> don't might have the same problem uh you know probably a little less since the rams moved but you have that issue of you have multiple teams well double that in the bay area uh, you know up until just uh, a very short time ago two football teams two baseball teams and a basketball teams that's that's won three out of the last four championships and it, oh by the way they also happen to play at the same time that the sharks do so we just got fed up with never hearing about the sharks so we said we'll, we'll you know screw it we're just going to do it ourselves and that's how it started and so we go live after every single sharks game we have a re weekly wrap-up show called the pucknologists uh, we got a lot of uh, good editorial op-ed stuff on the website one of our uh, best guys felix just put out a great article about his kind of intake of the whole all-star weekend. Cause it is a little overwhelming those four days. Let me tell you. So uh, yeah, that's, I'd say that's kind of where we're at and everything kind of funnels through the website, but a lot of it is probably uh, circles also around our YouTube channel. 
Cool. Yeah, I, I uh, and for those that, that are kind of wondering who is who, that was AJ talking. Uh, Eric, um, keep your microphone muted. I think I enjoy him more, so I'm just kidding. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I'm how kidding, much Eric. did he pay you off with that one? Is he, like, giving you, like, like fancy microbrewery to send over in lieu of Budweiser or something? He's Jeez. not the first oh. one to say that. I know. That's what I'm trying to say. Who, who's who, <laughs> what, what did AJ oh, send I, you over there? I gotta give Eric. I gotta give you some trouble. You were on the show earlier a uh, couple couple weeks ago, and uh, yeah, I, any beer you want to send my way for sure. Eric, you can get back in my good graces if you uh, send a couple beers my way. I'd, I'd, I'd be okay with that. Maybe a Brent Burns All Star jersey as well. Uh, so, hey. I, oh, go ahead, AJ. Can I borrow that jersey really quick? Uh, no. Ah, uh, damn. All right. But I'll take so, you to like Drake's or Sierra Nevada or something. <laughs> Sierra Nevada. I, that, that, there you go. Let's do that. Uh, so, guys, uh, I do want to talk to you, as uh, obviously, about the All-Star game. And we're going to talk about the Sharks a little bit later, too, because they're kind of one of the rising powers here in the uh, Western Conference this season. Um, obviously, uh, a, a big summer for them, and which we talked about a little bit before. But uh, to talk about the All-Star game, uh, I wanted to have you guys on because, you know, the majority of our fan base is obviously in St. Louis. Uh, they uh, We actually ranked, uh, I believe it was – number three or number five in, in viewership ratings for the All-Star game. And uh, the jokes are that uh, because people thought the All-Star game was in St. Louis this year. Uh, so I don't know if that's true or not, but uh, I guess it's possible. Uh, so so, uh, so for two guys who experienced it, um, and, you know, I go back to when uh, uh, St. Louis uh, was first announced just a couple weeks ago as the, the next holder of the All-Star game. Uh, when it was announced that San Jose was going to get the All-Star game, what was your initial reaction? Was it a, a whoop-de-doo, I don't really care about the All-Star game, or were you guys kind of more excited uh, to welcome uh, the NHL premiere event into San Jose? Uh, I remember being really upset with the front office because we had literally interviewed them like the day before and asked yeah. them if they had anything to tell us, anything that we could share that was kind of new. And they were like, no, you know, we're working on some things. And then the very next day they announced it. So yeah, Th thanks guys. <laughs> yeah, we, we were, we were so not excited that the second Gary Bettman announced it, we were on the air doing a live show about what an hour and a half, AJ. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's great. So what, what was the buzz around the city like for, uh, for, I guess the, the months leading up to the all-star game. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> months try days. <laughs> like there was no there was and the reason why I say that is because there was such a lack of promotion. Now I don't I don't put this on the Sharks. This is an NHL event. This is the NHL's issue. They could have gotten into town a lot sooner, started promoting it. Uh, I really, again, as I stated at the top, I really don't listen to local sports talk. Listen, get a lot of my stuff from, uh, you know, NHL network on Sirius and whatnot. Uh, the, the lack of promotion about it there, there, there might've been fans in San Jose who thought the game was in St. Louis this year. It's, uh, it's unfortunate, but that's the way it is. But then the NHL kind of what about a week and a half yeah. <laughs> or so. I mean, we had the Santa Clara, which is one city over from San Jose, where the 49ers play. They hosted the national championship game for football. And there was signage all over the place for, th for two weeks or so leading up to it. And big signage and a lot of different places. 
And it even hung out for like a week after the game was already over. Whereas you didn't see anything about this game until about what, maybe eight, nine, ten days before the game was actually played. Maybe that last home game for the Sharks before they went on that that insane road trip. Right. I mean, and, and when I was going into Fanfare on Thursday, there were still banners that said about the national championship game in downtown San Jose. It, it, it was pretty scary and concerning uh, all around, just especially since how they had promoted it in Tampa the year before. Yeah, that's uh, that. That seems to be a, a common theme. I know that when they go overseas, uh, you always hear people say, uh, "Oh, that, that game's today uh, in the cities they're in." So yeah, it's it's kind of a common theme with the NHL. But uh, once the event started, uh, you know, once uh, the weekend kind of got closer, uh, fanfare was something that kind of took off there. I think it was the Thursday before. Um, and then obviously you've got the skills competition Friday, uh, but let's talk about the, uh, the fanfare. Did you guys attend that? And, and what did you think? It was an absolute blast. Like I said, off the air, it was hockey heaven. I mean, for a guy who lives, breathes hockey. I mean, this is, this was dream to quote Tomas hurdle. I, mean, it, it, I mean, you, yes, the Stanley cup is there. It's going to usually be there. You never get a perfect shot to take a picture. It's either dark or light, perfect lighting there. And then, you know, AJ will talk about this, but, you know, the autograph tables that they had going on and a lot of the uh, booths set up. I mean, it was just an incredible experience. It was only open like maybe five, six hours, but you stayed five, six hours because it was that much fun. And here comes AJ to take a dump all over everything. <laughs> uh, it was hockey heaven to a certain extent, I will say. And but this is always that's this has been a beef of mine for. This is not secluded just to fanfare. This I think happens at a lot of these events is that they oversell it, and it is popular, and enough people show up that. It becomes uncomfortable. The waits are ridiculously long where it just makes it like this is supposed to be about fun and and the game and you end up leaving just really upset (laughs) because you're like, I can't believe I sat in that line for that long and blah, blah, blah. Uh, To that extent, I will say for the most part, it seemed like the line for the Stanley Cup was the one that that kind of uh, put the bitter pill in most people. So if you're going to go to an event where the Stanley Cup is, I highly recommend that's where you go to first and then do everything else. Uh, They had a lot of fun hockey things where, uh, you know, there was target shooting, there was accuracy, there was, uh, they actually had a double stacked washer and dryer to try to shoot inside of that. different contests, uh, some really cool things where you could make your own upper deck baseball card with your picture on it. Or I, sh- I guess I should say hockey card. Everybody calls it a baseball card though. But anyway, a lot of things you could do like that. They had all the awards where there was, you know, the Clancy, the Norris, the Adams, every trophy. My only complaint about that is I think that area could have been a slightly better lit. Yep. Uh, it was hard to see some of them, especially when you're trying to read these little, you know, silver etching that's, you know, a couple millimeters tall. <laughs> the uh, but another another nice thing is that they had kind of a like a mini theater this little stage set up where they would do like a 45 minute interview whether it was with Brent Burns or um 
help me out. What was the guy from Shane uh, Doan? Shane Doan. Uh, uh, what, was, what was the current guy from Arizona that was there? Oh, Clayton Keller. Yeah, Clayton Keller. Uh, oh my God, that poor guy. You know they they have autograph stages also banked out. Well, I should I shouldn't say stages. They had one, uh, and they had it set up where you would have uh, the the best day was probably Sunday because they brought if you were a fan of the franchise, they brought out guys you know, well-known guys from back in the day, alumni, Nabokov, Chichu, Ricci, Nolan, Boiler. Um, Boiler yeah. But, <laughs> but poor, what was the guy's name from Arizona? Clayton <laughs> Keller. Yeah. I can't wow. No, the reason why I can't remember this guy's name is because they have an hour blocked out for the autograph. They, so Clayton Keller starts signing at noon. His line was done by like 1225. Wow. You know, now granted, it's this is the area you're in i'm quite sure if arizona and like marcus Sorensen was signing and at, at an all-star game in arizona it would probably be about the same reaction but you did feel a little bit bad for the guy but they did have a lot of neat things uh the mascot stuff that they had was really fun whether it was a dance contest or just silliness happening dodgeball uh, again, my only thing that I would say is that really, unfortunately, the schedule seemed somewhat fluid. You would look on the NHL website five, six days before the fanfare, and you'd see Owen Nolan's going to sign at one o'clock on Sunday. Then three days before the event, all of a sudden you see Owen Nolan is signing on Saturday at noon. And then, and then the day before, it's, okay, Owen Nolan is signing on Saturday, but now it's at 1 o'clock. So you have to keep an eye on the schedule for some of that. And I will say that it was kind of a bummer that sometimes they would schedule things at the same time that, w- that you'd want to go to both. So it would be nice if they maybe try to stagger that next time. I'm sorry, i got to get off my soapbox, but there was – go ahead. I was going to say, and, and but the, the good thing about that is, is that while the schedule was fluid, they did have an app for fan access and it would show the map and everything. And in fact, early on, you can actually almost reserve your spot to take the picture with the Stanley Cup, which was great until they ran out of spots because then you were standing in line for at least an hour and a half. And I will say the people with the Stanley Cup were pretty liberal, like you'd take a you'd go up there whether it was by yourself or somebody else like if it say it was a family of three the people doing that particular portion of the fanfare they'd take a couple shots of your kid with it then a couple shots of mom and kid with it a couple shots of dad and kid with it, a couple shots of whole family like they at least tried to make it so you'd get as many photos as possible and whatnot you didn't feel like you were being rushed out of there which a lot of times it does kind of have that feel to it when it's something like that so i will say that was uh very cool there was another portion of it where there was a in the back corner there was this coors section that the event for that was that they had crushed cooler cans coors cans and you would try to you would use a uh, you know a hockey stick and to shoot the cans like a puck and you would try to hit these targets and they stationed jeremy Ronick there for two hours and the fun part with that was is that you actually had an option if you if you sat in line you was do you he had a stack of photos that you could get you everybody got a photo with him but then after that it was like would you like to sign photo would you like to you know 
play me on accuracy and, you know, try to beat me on, on shooting the accuracy. So again, it was one of those things where you didn't like, I got a solid 30 to 40 seconds to BS with Jeremy Roenick. Again, you didn't feel like you were being pushed out, but when you're a hundred people deep in line, you're also sitting there going, come on, forget it. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, AJ, I, I do have to say that uh, your misstep on Clayton Keller probably ranks you below uh, Eric now. So, Eric, you are the favorite ah. in St. Louis of the show because I don't know if you guys are aware, Clayton Keller is a St. Louis boy. Okay, so, that's, that's great. Oh you know what? You got. <laughs> you know what? You got Tarasenko on the cover of the NHL game. Yeah. When, we all, when we all know who it should have been. So, give me a break. <laughs> All right, well, uh, Eric, congratulations <laughs> on your victory. <laughs> um, so you guys, uh, you, what? Yeah, <laughs> all right. Uh, so you guys uh, have kind of shared a couple tips, I think, that people can keep in mind when uh, the All-Star Game comes here uh, next year around this time. Uh, but one thing you were telling me off air is uh, there were some issues, and we've heard this before at other NHL events, there were some issues with apparel. Would you mind sharing that with my audience? Uh, you know, uh, get get the if there's stuff that you've seen online, get it the second you see it. I gonna, it was we're going to be talking about fanatics. We have to let our affiliates know we're running long tonight. <laughs> yeah, uh, AJ will probably step on his soapbox in just a second. Let Let's put it this way: um, I was at the Shark Store Saturday morning, the day of the game, and got the final Adidas jersey that they had in stock. Um, and it was only was there because it was plated. Uh, it, the, the only reason I got it is because there was a spot on it. Nobody, nobody wanted it. So yeah. So tell me you got, got a discount. Oh yeah. Yeah. I got oh. a 25% discount. So, so that was the only one. Um, but, uh, as my Twitter handle says, I'm puck guy. I do collect pucks. Uh, what the NHL did was uh, put out the little player emojis. I'm sure you've seen all over on their promotions for it and even their graphics and, and everything. Yeah. Um, two hours into uh, the fanfare being open, you couldn't find those Burns, Carlson, or Plavelski pucks. But there were sure a boatload of Elias Pedersen ones. AJ, the floor is yours. No, considering how many Vancouver fans I saw, I'm a little shocked by that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that I don't understand. You would think that whoever, you know, if, if you're a team that, well, let's be honest, if you're hosting the event, the chances of you having only one player in the event are probably going to be minuscule unless, I don't know, Ottawa hosts it sometime soon. But it's a case of, look, you're going to have multiple people from the local team maybe you double triple maybe even quadruple the order because that's what the demand is going to be but to follow up on what eric was saying uh, just the sharks branded merch whether it was emoji pucks whether it was jerseys whether it was just t-shirts that had the logo on front and the player's name and number on the back all the shark stuff was sold out like within the first day which makes just begs the question like how do you let this happen? Somebody screwed up significantly somewhere along the line. And 
you know, it, it, it did make the fanatic, the, there was basically a corner of the convention center that was blocked out for all this merch. It did make it easier to get in and out of there on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday because there was such little shark stuff. If you wanted something that had the all-star logo on it, oh yeah, we got everything for you. And if you want a pair of, uh, you know, Calgary or LA branded socks. Oh yeah. We're your Huckleberry. We got you. But if you want something sharks related, Oh, rub a lamp, you know, go check the shark store in a week. Maybe they'll have something, but it's, uh, it's unfortunate. And hopefully they learn from this and hopefully, um, whether it's, uh, you know, Peron or Tarasenko, I mean, Bozak O'Reilly, I don't know who's going to go next season, but I hope to God that they double triple order the merch that features the blues players that are featured in next year's all-star game. So you guys don't run into the same problem. So what you're saying is this is a good event to travel to, because if you are a, uh, let's just say a blues fan going to San Jose for the all-star game, chances are you're going to find Ryan O'Reilly stuff. Oh, I could have got you so much O'Reilly stuff. Yep. <laughs> there you go. Petrangelo, anybody, I would have, I would have had you all hooked up. <laughs> ah, I don't need any of it. Thank you. <laughs> who, who knows who'll be here by the trade deadline? So I'll, I'll pass. <laughs> oh, oh, hey now. <laughs> um. So yeah. You, again, now let's get it a little bit into the events themselves. Uh, uh, I know Eric. You said you went to both the skills competition and the game. Uh, but let's talk about the skills competition in particular. And AJ, I don't know if you attended either, but you can chime in as well. Uh, what was it like uh, uh, seeing that live? That's something I've always said too, that if I go to anything, I want to go to the skills competition, but then I think how good is it away from TV? It's, it really is a made for a TV event, but inside the arena, you can kind of get, you can actually see the entire rink and get a gist of everything that's going on. Uh, that being said, it, I, it was a good time. It was a definitely, as we could tell now, it was way better than what the Pacific Division did in the All Star game. <laughs> but but uh, it, it it was really fun. It was really unique to see the obstacle course set up for Premier Passer putt control. Uh, but yeah, it is made for more for TV. But the full using the full rink events like fastest skater, like when Kendall Coin Schofield was doing it. That place was rocking early on. Would and, have been nice if they had televised that. Yeah. And what was it? Brianna Decker didn't get televised, and she actually beat everybody in the uh, in one of the events. I mean. That, oh, that yeah. was criminal. Criminal. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. They they did. I'm sorry. That now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, they did televise Kendall, but I think they could have made a little bit more of it, considering like she only missed McDavid by a second. But anyway, I digress. Yeah, but overall, it was a great time. Everybody was in a great festive mood. Uh, as you can tell, we pretty much booed everybody on the Pacific that wasn't a shark. But but it was, it was yeah, I mean, it was a great time to have uh, to see the skills of these guys and, and the pressure on it because I think it was like Leon Dreisaitl had a tough time with the premier passing. Heck, Eric Carlson had a tough time uh, with the premier passing event, I mean, those obstacles aren't easy, and to, to see them, you know, kind of struggle but actually show off their their talents too, you know, 
fun time to be in person. But yeah, it is more for of a made for TV event. And it is funny just to tag on what both of you said is that it, and I don't know if it just comes down to like, maybe you're a bigger hockey fan than the average guy, which I would say all three of us are since we're spending our evening talking about it. <laughs> but the fact that you're more interested in watching the skills competition, because that's the exact same boat I was in when I found out they were, this was coming. I was like, oh, I can't believe we got the all-star game. And I'm like, uh, you know, I don't know that I care about going to that. I just want to see the skills competition. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I mean that—that that was the first thing I said to my wife when when I saw, uh, and it was actually the same thing with the Winter Classic. When uh, the Winter Classic was coming, I said I want to go to the alumni game. Like the Winter Classic itself would be cool, but I think I'd rather watch that on TV because all I hear about is how the sa- the sight lines are so terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wanted to go to the alumni game, and I did, and it was one of the most fun events I've ever attended. And I could see the the skills competition being similar. Well, and it's funny you bring that up because there's been talk that now that the Sharks have hosted a stadium game, they've hosted an all-star, well, their second all-star, but obviously all happening within like the last half decade, plus the Stanley Cup final. It's like, hey, you know what? San Jose, they know how to do stuff. They know how to get stuff done. And I mean, seven, a sold-out Levi Stadium, that says a lot. So there's been some talk that maybe the Sharks are – going to see what they can do about getting another outdoor game in the next three to five years but it's where do you play it because a lot of people are saying well my god you can't play it at levi's again because you've already done that but wow at&t park right there on the water for the giants you know be damned the chilling winds that come off the bay (laughs) in the month of january or whenever you decide to have it but the thing is is well now wait a minute at levi's we sold 70,000 plus tickets. Now you want to hold it at a venue that only holds 42,000? That's a lot of money you're leaving on the table, my friend. I think Levi's might work again. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see what happens. For sure. Yeah, I, I agree. And, it, uh, and I thought that game, the, the, the outdoor game, the stadium series game, was probably the best ice that I've seen in an outdoor game. And that's saying a lot because people were really concerned about an outdoor game in California. Yeah, it, it was just a nice, clean, clear night. I th- thank God it, it there was like no overcast because if you would have had that that marine layer come in and push every that weather down, it probably wouldn't have been as good. But it was a really clear evening, and I think that lent itself to a nice sheet. Yeah, they they really had left out with weather. It was like in like the fifties, sixties, had no issues with that. I think they dealt with some fog, but that was no big deal, and. and Got, I was fortunate enough to skate on that ice, you know, as on the media skate. And that was, you know, I was concerned maybe choppiness and whatnot. But yeah, like AJ said, th- that ice was pretty darn good. It sounded a little hollow just because how they create it, but excellent. Yeah. Um, so uh, cheering for your team. Now, obviously, you guys, uh, uh, you know, you've you've heard the. Uh, the, the roars, the craziness that Sharks fans can have. But when they announce Brent Burns, when they announce Joe Pavelski, and they and you hear all these guys getting announced, I'm sure maybe during the game they, they probably showed some alumni up on the scoreboard or something. Uh, what was the roar like inside the arena? Oh, the place went nuts. I mean, anything, just when you know they were going to say, and from your San Jose Sharks, it just – 
the place stood up, got crazy, got loud. Well, give it up to Danny Miller. The guy knows how to key up that room. Though that's true. Yeah. The public address announcer. I mean, he's so popular. He does the sharks, niners and earthquakes. So <laughs> he, he knows what he's doing and he does it really well. But uh, yeah, th- the crowd, the local crowd really got into it when they uh, got their, their boys uh, some love. <laughs> Now ask us about John Gibson after about five minutes into the game. Okay. <laughs> hey, uh, what about John Gibson five minutes into the game? <laughs> oh, he sucked more than a vacuum. That's for damn sure. <sighs> and that's putting it as a PG uh, pair uh, simile. Let's let's put it that way because there there were a lot of things being said <laughs> that I can't repeat on your on your air right now. Yeah. Oh, you'd be surprised. <laughs> Some of the stuff we said on our show. Um, remember, we have Jay Bowmeister on our team, and we used to have Eric Brewer as captain. So pretty much everything has been said on the show. Yeah. Let, let, let's let's put it this way: when you're chanting for a goaltender that knocked you out of the playoffs the year before to come into the game, yeah, that's pretty bad. When you're hearing <laughs> quack quack ducks suck, and then along with um, we want flurry, <laughs> I. Mean, Yikes. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, that'd be like Blues fans cheering for Corey Crawford to come to the game. I just can't see that happening. Yeah, I, I, I honestly, I don't know what was more painful, watching John Gibson in the first half of that game or listening to the girl who did the national anthem for the U.S. <laughs> oh, Not oh, sure what was more painful. That was bad. Uh, I, I will say it. There was somebody, and I think it was from the from the press, uh, the, the auxiliary press box that said, Say it straight. <laughs> oh, th- there was some great video that was put there were a great reaction video of like someone who's holding a child in, in <gasps> yes. the stands who the, and the camera just happened to find him at the right point during the broadcast in the look of disgust on his face. And, and <laughs> I remember, I, I don't even know that we were halfway through that anthem and I, you know, I'm, I'm looking on, or I'm on Twitter going, um, can we just bring that guy back and just hear can- the Canadian anthem again? Because this is horrendous. And there was somebody who had a great line. They said, basically, they're like, it's an anthem. It's not a love song. Okay? <laughs> Don't perform it like one. It was, that was, uh, oh, my God. It, I, it was very much Fergie holding my beer. Oh, poor um so so let's let's get in a little bit about the game itself i uh, know your team obviously and, and that's kind of something important to talk about because we've seen the the uh the central team the last two years have really just not looked good against the pacific and and you know you get mixed reaction from from people in the central uh mostly blues fans i talk to obviously they're like yeah i didn't really care i just wanted to watch the best of the best i didn't care how they did and then a couple people were saying yeah i turned it off because the central looked so bad well this year pacific got destroyed uh what was it like for for you and for uh most of sharks fans to just uh to to witness that i mean was it something you really what the hell why am i here or was it just like well you know whatever at least i still get to see Sidney crosby let me just say this for future reference (laughs) if you're the team or you know if, if you're the city that is hosting the event maybe take that into consideration when you're scheduling. I would hope that next season, when it's in St. Louis, perhaps the Central plays during the second, second game. stanza. 
because from what I heard, from what I saw, after the Pacific was trounced, there was maybe 10, 15% of the fans that said, well, I'm not going to see any more Pavelski, Eric uh, um, Carlson, or Burns. Maybe I'll head over to the fanfare or something. You know, it was, it just consider that when you're scheduling it. Maybe the Central plays the Pacific in the second round. Just, yeah, just I, something to think about. I was completely going to say that tonight is that they need to set the home division in the second game to keep interest because uh, I, I think there were, there were even some people that left during John Gibson uh, <laughs> when he was putting up, you know, he's allowing seven Can goals. Can you blame them? <laughs> well, if you're in my head, I'm thinking I waited this long because I didn't get a chance to do any of the events in 97. I waited no, this I... long for the game to come back. And then you see your division, just put on an absolute crap bed and it, that's it. Yeah, but exactly. But that's when it's well, when did you leave? Did you leave when Wheeler got his third assist? Was it O'Reilly's third assist? Yossi's third assist? Or what it was Landis got, got the trick? I mean, <laughs> oh. <laughs> <Oy>, <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, a, a great event all around, I, I guess you guys would say. I mean, you'd uh, you'd say uh, it's definitely worth attending if you can make it, I would guess, right. Oh, for the pomp and circumstance, the fanfare of it all, absolutely. I mean, the mm-hmm. building's electric. The whole area around it is electric. I don't know, like, how close to uh, to the Blues Arena. I don't know, you know, if there's a, a facility that's close that they could hold something like a fanfare, any stuff like that, because the convention center was just shy of a mile away from the SAP Center. So all that, and they kind of had things happening around the convention center in between the convention center and SAP. So it made the walk go even faster. Or if you picked up one of the hundreds of thousands of bird or lime scooters that were all over the place, (laughs) uh, you could tool around on one of those and just check out a little bit of everything. If that's conducive for, uh, for the St. Louis area, then absolutely. If you can take it all in, but uh, hydrate. I will recommend that. Make sure you hydrate. Uh, wear very, very comfortable shoes. And in fact, that's actually something, you know, to make an extra coin, I may just have to go to St. Louis next year and just whip out like a little massage booth, you know, to like rub people's feet because <laughs> they will get tired. Your dogs will be barking at the end of the day. And when I say hydrate, I think you know what I mean. <laughs> Lots of beer. That's what he means, everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, all right. So I, I, before I let you guys go, I do want to talk a little bit about the Sharks with you guys. Uh, currently, they are in their uh, bye week along with the St. Louis Blues. Uh, they come back Saturday against Arizona. And uh, their top scorer with 11 goals, Clayton Keller. Uh, so that will be a game, of course. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow. Just keep digging your grave, Damn. buddy. Damn. You're not going to be welcome at St. Louis. <laughs> um, so, you know, I think a lot of people would say that there, there was a little bit of a sputter of a start there with, with San Jose and uh, really the whole Pacific Division. But uh, it seems like things have kind of leveled out. You got Calgary, who's uh, still kind of uh, just doing everything that we probably didn't expect them to do. But uh, San Jose is right on their tail. Um, what? When did you kind of see a flip 
in the Sharks game. Uh, would, would you put it, would it coincide with when Eric Carlson started putting up points or was it something else? No, it was uh, it was the game in Montreal. You you look back at that schedule at the beginning of December, the Sharks were in a bad way. Things were not going well. Carlson was not merging. Like the team, they were getting good wins. They they'd had a couple of good road trips, but you weren't seeing the points that you were expecting to see from Eric Carlson. And it all com- culminated around a game in Montreal where Doug Wilson, general manager, actually flew out and from what, what was uh, espoused in the news, it was a team meeting with Doug Wilson, also a team meeting with Peter DeBoer, and kind of, uh, you know, and not so many words. I think it was kind of like, look, this is on paper in 27 seasons. Uh, yeah, I mean, 28, but, you know, we had that lockout here. But in 27 seasons, this is by far the best Sharks teams that 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 has ever been on and two Norris Trophy winners on the roster for Pete's sake. That's what you know. That was one of the rubs that was against the Sharks for the longest time, is they had so much weaponry up front, but it was always the blue line that was the problem. You never had that Norris guy. You never had the the Chris Pronger Niedermeyer matchup, or I mean, you know, Lidstrom and Chelios or whoever. I mean pick your poison, but they never had that kind of stellar blue line that has won championships. And finally, I think, uh, Wilson had just, you know, he's looking at this and go, look, you guys are professionals. I don't know what the hell is going on, but you guys need to get your act together. And then they've went on a ridiculous run since then. I think they're like 17, six and two or something like that. I mean, it's a pretty decent run. And, uh, I, I would say that, uh, you look at the points. I mean, Burns leads defenseman Carlson in a short amount of time. You think about it. Carlson, the first 20 or so games was not great. And all of a sudden he's within chirping distance of Burns. I mean, he could surpass Burns by the end of this season, uh, provided he comes back and he's healthy. You also take into account that over the last month, the month of January, the Sharks have hadn't have not had their best shutdown defenseman to Mark Edward Vlasic. Now, granted, it's also fair to say that this is one of the worst seasons he's ever played, but he was on the upswing as things were progressing just before his injury. I think, I believe the previous game he had had like a, a, I think two assists and was a plus three in that game. So he was on the upswing and I think we're all expecting that when we see the desert dogs on Saturday, that we'll have Vlasic back. We'll have a healthy Carlson. I don't think Carlson, I mean, I know it was important to Eric Carlson to participate in last weekend's activities, but I don't think he does that unless he's feeling well enough and knows that he's going to be ready to come back on Saturday. So I I just look for a great race over the, you know, final couple months here. Uh, Let's see if they can catch Calgary because God knows you don't want to see Vegas or Calgary in the first round, you want to win the division and let Vegas and Calgary beat the crap out of each other while you hopefully take on a lower tiered opponent. And because it's going to be a shame the way that the playoffs are structured, it's going to be a shame that whether that one of those three teams, Vegas, Calgary, and San Jose, one of those teams is going to be out in the first round. 
So, you know, get it together. I, I think you can catch Calgary, but who saw this coming? I mean, come on. Good on you, Calgary, but holy hell, stop it already. <laughs> and look, even Vegas got off to a horrible start, and they, yep. they went on a ferocious run. I think the hey, Sharks... Vegas went on a great start. <laughs> or, I mean, not Vegas, uh, Vancouver. <laughs> yeah, I, the Canucks were off to a great start. That's what's keeping them in the race right now, especially with Pedersen going. But, I mean, for the Sharks, they started off horrible. Carlson wasn't gelling right away. There was, like, seriously concerns about... What on earth is going on? I mean, I think we we for sure were calling for the firing of PDB uh, in like a month in because how can you just do this? And then you just lay an egg against Eric Carlson's return to Ottawa. The time is nigh. The time is nigh. And the time was nigh for them to get their crap to be out there and turn things around. But uh it's going to be crazy, insane last two months. And, and for that matter, in the West overall, I mean, look at look at your central, Winnipeg, Nashville, Minnesota, and then you have Dallas and Colorado that are holding on wildcard spots. And the Blues are like three points out, but they have to surpass three teams just to get into a wildcard spot. I and mean, it's going to be heavy and crazy and insane. And you got a couple central teams there nipping at the heels. Was, I mean, Arizona's poured it on over yeah. the last few weeks. I don't know that Clayton Keller had a lot to do with that, but no kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the thing for me, it all comes down to Martin Jones. Can he find his game? Uh, you know, I ran some numbers and he had played 19 games in seven of them. He's got a 905 or better save percentage. Obviously, you want to be in that 920 sp- sweet spot. And he had a couple of games where it was 967, 957, all well and good. But he had seven games, 905 or better. He also had seven games where he was 890 or worse. It's what Martin Jones are we going to see during this stretch? That's That's the thing that scares the hell out of me. The name of this episode is going to be Teal Town Hates on Clayton Keller. <laughs> So oh, just, just a warning. <laughs> awesome. um, we like to apologize more... for all those Coyotes fans that are tuning in. Bring oh, me yeah, all those all... clicks. Yeah, I was going to say all those uh, all those Coyotes fans listen to our Blues podcast. You're right. Maybe, maybe well, Clinton Keller's parents. Hey, hey you, you know go. what? Arizona will be in the Central soon enough, my friend. <laughs> That's true. That's a good point. Welcome, Coyotes fans. We'd love to have you. Uh, one more quick question. Uh, Thomas Tomas Hurdle, a guy who I I love. I love I love his game. I love the way he plays. He can just stay healthy all the time. Um, I think it was the first game of the year. Was that the goal of the year? Oh, oh, oh the the deke on Fowler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, boy, that that might have been. Although, God, I wish I could remember what it was. I I've seen him. Uh, who was it, Eric? Not too long ago, he. Oh, let me grab my. He uh, had one against Pittsburgh where he butt checked. I think that's, Malkin. Yeah, that's what and it was. He, he came butt- in and he and then he dangled um, Murray, and that was part of his first hat trick of the season. Yeah. Wow. And then a week later, he gets his second or the third hat trick of his career, but second in a week. Yeah. That 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 Fowler Deke man, that was pretty exquisite. But I don't know. I feel like the uh, the play against Pittsburgh that rivals it. Wow. So two goals of the year for Tomas Hurdle. Yeah. Well, and you also have to take into account, too, that when Hurdle pulled that deke on Fowler, 
he's at that point he's solidified as Couture's wing, and that's what he's been playing for a while. Well, at the beginning of January, they slotted him in at the center position to try to get matchup problems going for the opposition, try to give themselves some depth. And you ask a lot of Sharks fans who are, you know, kind of at a, I, I never want to uh, speak ill of somebody who's just, you know, that they're, they're just not into it enough. But there are certain fans that they just see 12 players at forward they're not aware of, you know, winger, center, any of that stuff. They just see those guys. Uh, the fact that a lot of fans that are into it, they're going, oh, my God, why would you put Hurdle back at center? He's found his best success at wing. And I was kind of one of those guys, and I'm going, okay, I, I understand you're going for matchups here, but he's proven that he's more successful at wing and well, Hurdle has done a fantastic job along with Peter DeBoer of proving me to be a complete moron. Uh, I love what Hurdle has brought to the center position. Uh, it, it might be since those lines have been changed. Because for the longest time, it was Couture, Timo Meyer, and Hurdle was the most consistent and the, the line that was finding the most success. Since then, now that you have Hurdle, was it Don's going Kane? I mean, yeah. It's, it's, I, it, this is the one season I will say, I don't know who the top line is. I really don't. It, it's a little reminiscent of Vegas last season where it's like we have, we don't have a first, second, and third line. We have three second lines. That's what it feels hmm. like. I think the math adds up. That's probably good, right? I mean, three <laughs> second lines carry the one. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> Uh, guys, as always, we love having you on the show. You're you're big. Uh, you're good. You're good sports. I mean, for those that remember, we had a uh, a little bet the first time, and you guys uh, actually put our logo up on your show when the Blues won. So <laughs> I think we got another matchup. I think we got another matchup coming up in March. So maybe we'll have to do that again. The March, in uh, fact, the March that's in uh, the game that's in in March in San Jose. That's our uh, that's our Teal Town USA Day that we're. Uh, We've got a bunch of, uh, of our biggest fans together to join us, and we're actually doing both the Sharks and the Barracuda, and we're doing our show live from the tank that day. Cool. Wow, that's great. That's very cool. Well, keep a lookout for that. So, uh, And that's going to be my final question to you guys. How can people find you? Uh, how can they watch your show, and how can they interact with you guys on social media? Hold, hold on. Let me let me ask you this now. Uh, we're, we're working on, on putting together a little merch here and there uh we we do a, we we've done some t-shirt runs on occasion do you have a let's go blues radio t-shirt by any chance we do okay this we is what i'm saying <laughs> for the for the march 9th game this is what we should do we should swap shirts and then on march 9th, because that's a matinee game this is the blues sharks game is the early one then we do the podcast and then we're gonna go uh watch the barracuda if the Blues win that game, we're going to have to pack the blue shirt, and one of us will have to wear it during the post game. But if the Sharks are successful, yeah, you're you're going to have to wear the Teal Town shirt during uh, one of your uh, podcasts following that. That's fine. We'll do All that. Right. Uh, right. I like that. I'm I'm already I'm going to speak for Curtainville here. We're, we're in. 
Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to punch me later. <laughs> you did what with them? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so they, uh, they have to be clean shirts. Yes, they can't that, be yeah. worn. They can't yeah. be sweaty. They can't be, you know, wiped yeah, yeah, I, this is the one time like I don't. The one time I don't want something that's game worn, please. <laughs> well, Bill has plenty of game worn stuff. That's a shame because he's got quite the interesting odor. I don't know where I'm going with that. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and, uh, and, and hey, uh, maybe I'll get you a shirt that says uh, F. Clayton Keller. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't think I'd go that far. <laughs> I love you, Keller family. Please don't don't write in. We're good. Yeah, um, you can follow, you can follow me at Puckguy14. That's my personal profile on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, but Teal Town USA on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, SoundCloud, YouTube. Uh, we do a live post game show, like AJ said, after every game on the YouTube channel. So smash that subscribe button and uh, you know definitely uh, check us out. All right, uh, AJ underscore strong on Twitter and Instagram. Also throwing up some photos and whatnot for the Teal Town USA Instagram. And sometimes both of those Instagrams cross pollinate and deliver a beautiful bloom of sharks <laughs> photography. That's that's you said that so elegantly, too. I'm impressed. <laughs> um, again, guys, this has been great. I really appreciate you guys coming on. And uh, I know Kurt and Bill are going to be sad they missed you, but. Uh, hey, you know, I don't really care because I had fun. So uh, thank you very much for coming on, guys, and uh, I'm sure we'll have you on again soon. Appreciate uh, it. Thanks. Uh, tell, tell You know what? Tell the guys that we actually like Keller better than them. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, I again want to thank Eric and AJ. Uh, again, you can follow them on Twitter. Eric is at PuckGuy14. AJ is at AJ underscore strong. And then, of course, their show is at Teal Town USA. You can check them out on the web at tealtownusa.com. And uh, I can't stress enough that these, are, these guys are just uh, very knowledgeable hockey fans. And, uh, you know, they, they know their stuff. So if you are ever wanting some Sharks coverage, uh, I, would, I would give them a follow. Twitter handles for our show. The show Twitter is at LGB Radio. Kurt Price is at Kurt Price. That's Kurt with a C. Bill Day is at Billy Blue Note. And myself, Jeff Ponder, can be found at JPonder94. Uh, next week, Kurt and Bill will likely return and we'll have a regular live show. Uh, you can follow us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook for when each show is recorded. Uh, we do welcome listener participation. Uh, you can always podcast after the episode airs, as I'm sure you did with this episode. And uh, I should mention that the next show should be on Wednesday, February 6th. Uh, that's after the Blues at Panthers game on Tuesday and then before the Blues visit the Lightning on Thursday. Uh, upcoming for the Blues... We've got uh, the Blue Jackets after the Blues bye week ends on Saturday, February 2nd at 6 o'clock uh, local central time. And then, uh, as I said, you get the two Florida teams Tuesday and Thursday. And then Saturday, uh, the, so a week from the Columbus game, you have got uh, back-to-back with Nashville in, uh, well, I guess a home-and-home -home with Nashville in St. Louis 
on the 9th, and then they are at Nashville um, at uh, uh, the 10th, which is great because they're both afternoon games too, so that's very interesting stuff, but uh, I'm sure we'll talk about that more on next week's show. Well, that'll do it. I want to thank you for listening to this episode. I again want to thank Eric and AJ for joining me, and thank you for listening, and until next time, everyone, let's go Blues. Thanks for listening to the Hockey Show Blues Report of the Week. Have a great day.